You're listening to Eagle Waves Radio, the home of small business. In this episode of The Brew, Shark Tank's Steve Baxter circles around our host, Angela Vithoulkas. That's me. Find out how with Steve's smarts and the backing of American Express, you too can take your business to the next level. Join me on this adventure. Give your business the help it actually needs with the American Express Business Explorer credit card. Good afternoon, Mr. Steve Baxter. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Well, we're okay. We're okay. We're a bit jazzed up on coffee, you and I, at the moment. Exceptionally jazzed up, actually. Another double shot, please. That'd be great. So, Steve, you have experienced a little bit of my life. You just made a coffee and you did a great job. You, You told me that you'd barely pressed a button on a machine, but you did a bit more than that. I make great Nespressos, you might you say, did. so yeah, so there you go. <laughs> well, you had a, an infamous Victoria coffee today, so mm. we hope that you took a pleasant experience. You did all right. Yeah, it could have been hotter. Traditionally, Steve, on The Brew, we start with where our guests are today. So we've interviewed rock stars, sporting legends, politicians. You might be one of my first major entrepreneurs, certainly my first shark. Won't be my last, I hope. You're on Shark Tank, but you're more than that. So who is Steve Baxter today? I'd describe myself as an early stage tech investor. Okay. Would be the best description. Yep. Um, I'm a uh, diehard advocate for entrepreneurs in Queensland, in Australia in general, but I prefer Queensland. Um, spend a lot of time advocating on behalf of that community. I believe that enterprise will save us and then government will kill us. Probably, I concur. Probably drown us. Yeah, kill us via drowning. Uh, if we're going to actually cre- uh, make our own future better, it's going to be in our own hands and entrepreneurs will lead the way. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. So I, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for enterprise. Uh, I love early stage tech entrepreneurship. Uh, it's a very, very exciting, um, uh, energetic space to be in. Uh, I've got 25 investments in that space at the moment, uh, of which we've got nine from Shark Tank. So uh, no, it's, a, it's a very exciting. I'm, I'm an early stage investor. You grew up in regional Queensland. You've joined the army. You finished your service. You didn't stay. No, I didn't stay. No, so I... Um, you didn't uh, just wake up one day and go, hmm... I think now I'll become a tech investor. No, no. So I, uh, I joined the Army in 87. Um, I signed up for nine years. I did just shy of nine years. Uh, it got out in September um, 1995. In um, uh, November 1994, I, I, I started a business from home. So whilst I was still serving, actually in a rented Army married quarter, so I didn't even own the house. We installed 14 telephone lines and became an internet service provider. Took the uh, $11,000 home loan deposit and said, let's just give this a crack. And uh, it really, it didn't, didn't you know, didn't take a backward step for me. As only as only someone young without knowledge of failure in business can do, right? Because um, you don't have that negative. Baggage. No, you don't. I mean, you just. I, I, I never thought it would fail. Um, I knew there'd be some hard times. I, that failure actually just wasn't an option in my head. Um, I think you have to be young. I was twenty-three. I think you have to be young to have that sort of naive stupidity. It's so fearlessness, right? Fearlessness, naive stupidity. There's a whole bunch of ways you can describe <laughs> it. Um, because so, we become more cautious. As we get a little bit older, more, that, yeah. more aware of what could go wrong. Yeah, our, our risk atrophies, it really does. So um, our, our skills are brittle. Uh, our, our risk probably stagnates, um, which is why I prefer to, you know, I, as an investor now, I prefer to actually talk to younger, uh, more tech-savvy uh, entrepreneurs than, than older people who believe they've got it because they may have it, but they don't have the runway and they don't have the mental agility that, that uh, honestly, a 23-year-old does, to be quite honest. And I get called an ageist and people shout me down saying, how dare you be ageist and not like old people. I'm not going to like you. I just won't invest in you because I think there's a higher probability of the young person pulling it off. It's a numbers game. I, I invest in, in, in early stage tech companies and it's what I call high mortality investing. A lot of things die that I invest in, right? Mm. Um, and I fully encourage the people running those businesses to run at the wall a thousand miles an hour 
some will break through and some will splat into it. And that's, that, that carries a bit of a human toll at times. No, no, I, I agree with you. I've often, when, when people have ever asked me about investing in a business and I've said I spend more time choosing a handbag <laughs> than worrying about the risk of investing in a business because it seems quite straightforward to me just grabbing a business by, with both hands. A handbag's a commitment. Is it really? Yeah, it's That'd a commitment. A commitment. All right. um, Needs more thought. Needs um, a lot less, a lot less fear in the business. I've got the fashion sort of sense of a traffic smash, so I already can't comment on that one. For, so. for our listeners out there, he looks all right today, so <laughs> it's fine. So let's take a look with the brew. Our mantra here is about inspiring and motivating small businesses because on those tough days where we'd all give it away for ten cents, because that seems to be my common value these days when I hit a wall. It's hard for businesses to just get up and keep going. Would you give it away for 10 cents? Come on now. That's not <sighs> you. You don't build this, you're going to give away for 10 cents. That's, well, I'm, I'm that's supposed not true. To, I'm that, supposed that to feel, ask the question. It feels like it afterwards, but you wouldn't do it at the time, right? Yeah, no, I would occasionally. 10 cents. Occasionally, well, I've got, I got a buck the, on me. I'll take price, it all from you now, right? Well, then my value's just gone up. <laughs> give it 10 times your money. You know from talking, and as you just mentioned, sometimes when we move on in our in our business careers we develop more emotional baggage so we do stop ourselves from maybe jumping off that cliff like we might have 10 years ago so it's interesting when you talk about the the younger people in business but the young businesses as well or do you really think it's just the youth that has the advantage of of the fearlessness youth has uh, lots of advantage i think fearlessness is one the other one is typically they have a longer personal runway so they don't they, they typically don't have a partner in life probably don't have kids and don't have a mortgage yep. and that, that's a huge so they can thing work 27 hours a day and, and they can they can pay themselves 35 forty thousand bucks a year yeah. and get away with them put the rest back in the growth for the business well they're wearing thongs and jeans right so they don't that's care it, eating eating noodles and not never shaving beards nowadays apparently either they so that so that so that's interesting so they don't have the overheads no, overhead, yeah, of yeah, life yeah. of life in general so, so they they're not worried really about kids in private school and you know, whether they've gone to prep or tennis or guitar lessons and everything, because that, that weighs it all down. Yep. So as you accumulate, you travel through life, you accumulate all these milestones that create overheads like yep. any business world. And then suddenly you've got to consider them before you take the next step. Dead right. So there's that small advantage. So that's what excites you about seeing the the youth in that world or the younger no, people. No, I just know say. that people who have encumbered by those um, milestones that they've collected, as you call them, yeah. um, have more personal runway to attack a problem. Um, the biggest thing that will kill a problem is, is a founder. Excuse me, the big, one of the biggest things that will kill a, a startup is, is when the, the people running it pay themselves too much, to be quite honest. Um, and, and it's true. That those dollars should go straight back to the bottom line. You, you would have paid yourself bugger all over the years. We've all done and that, And still, right? Steve. No, but that has always been the way we've run a business. It's yeah. not about what I get paid. It's about what the business is doing. Yeah. So that return may be measured in, in salary. It may be measured in, in dividends. It may be measured in capital growth. Or it may be measured in the very hard to define thing in the balance sheet, which is your personal satisfaction. So there's going to be that level on there too, right? So you have to make that decision for yourself. End of the day, you've got to eat, you've, you've got to provide for your family. So that's going to eventually set the bounds for what you do. Something like food and shelter. You, you mentioned briefly a little bit about um, advocacy. Hmm. And um, I read that you were a little bit frustrated about lobbying on behalf of entrepreneurs and businesses. Because to, to be honest with you, before I met you today and I considered some of the questions to ask you and I thought, why does a guy like Steve Baxter, who's clearly done well in business... What's he worrying about his profile? Why? And then when I read some online stuff and you made the comment that you were frustrated about lobbying government on behalf of entrepreneurs and businesses and that you felt that you weren't being 
considered as seriously because you didn't have this big public profile. So you'd achieved success, you'd achieved financial success. You'd obviously demonstrated that you knew what you were doing in business and yet that wasn't enough to get the attention of government. So off you go, you get PR, next thing you know you're on Shark Tank and people are suddenly taking you seriously. In that one particular meeting, uh, I was granted a, a very good audience with uh, the leadership in Queensland at the time, and I spent 25 minutes out of 30 defending. And then there was an, a, an, an academic in the room, a professor of entrepreneurship of all things, yeah. which I later discovered had never been outside university's entire life. So that, that really annoyed the shit out of me, to be honest. So uh, I, I was determined to change that. What no one does with these experts is look at them and just go, wait a sec, you've never been outside university in your entire life, and you're telling us how to basically recut part of the economy. That is just bullshit, and it's landed us in the, the, the problems we've got right now. And we've got to just sort of say, people, stop it. These are the experts over here. They've done it before, right? They've actually risked private money to do it. Yep. If you're spending your own dollar, my God, you're careful with it, right? Yeah, you, when you've you're got skin in the game. If you're spending someone else's dollar, that's really dangerous, right? Because you actually don't, you, you, you care so far less about the outcome. It's amazing. It's a, it's a complete disregard on the investment, the consequence, the journey, and the result. Yep. And all of those is something that every entrepreneur understands. It shocks me the we, equation. Keep, we keep listening to them. Yep. Like the, 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 yeah. The, 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 and voting for them. Yeah, exactly. So I we, we do that I mean, too. Yeah, we're going forever here. So uh, I won't do that. So without people like you interceding and advocating at that big end, because the regular small business owner is not going to get in front of leadership. I, I agree. It's going to take a shark. I agree with everything you said. A tech startup especially can scale globally mm. and serve the world. Mm. But on purpose, I advocate on behalf of you know global ex- globally accelerating fast start global businesses, tech startups. The only way you get around the globe in two months is on a network. It's a tech startup. It's unfortunate if you can't get the skills and can't do it. Not that I hate you. I just prefer working in that space. That's where the world changes. Yep. Right. So I, so I think I change tips. someone's life every morning with a coffee. Oh, I'm sure you do. So I'm, I'm just going to take take over your podcast here, right? So what I'm holding up, I'm holding up my my uh, my Android phone, and for all you who own iPhones, I'll get you that bit in a second. So <clears throat> that's the front page of my my, uh, my Android phone. Yes, right? I'm looking at I'm looking at the front of Steve Baxter's Android phone. So. The companies who own those icons on that front page, and I've got other pages there as well, right? Yep. Are worth $2.6 trillion and employ 540,000 people. Okay. The ASX on a good day is worth $1.7 trillion. And how many zeros is that? If that's an iPhone, add 1.05 trillion and an extra 120,000 people. Right. People ask why I do this. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, oh my god right that's like two or three Australian stock exchanges of of business activity that we don't have in this country it is it is flaming ridiculous and and that's the prize and guess what we're buying that this is this is this is business efficiency this is tech disruption yep. we all love it we love our Airbnbs and our what have I got here you know the, the Amazons and the Ebays and uh, uh, Facebooks and all the rest of it we're using that we're buying that we are actually buying that if the product's free you're actually you're actually the if the service is free you're actually the product right you're, yes. they're selling your eyeballs Not, very little of that economic benefit lands in this country yes we need that and if we don't we are we, are, we will be the ultimate digital shopkeepers which is a Maggie Thatcher reference right to shopkeepers yep. right um, if we don't do this it, it is that important I, I go to Silicon Valley regularly I come back and I swear I have a panic attack on the plane the way home I, I, I'm desperately morose for how slow and stupid we are when it comes to this stuff because these people are eating the world and so we're, what's we're, standing, we're being eating them. What's standing in our way? Um, a bunch of things. So there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's, there's never a silver bullet. Well, there's sometimes there's, in this space there's no silver bullet. So everything through from you know, encouraging children in, in, in uh, pre-university, so primary school, high school, 
into the more technical areas, into entrepreneurship, to just business skills. Yep. To actually to actually hold up entrepreneurs as being something worthwhile pursuing. Mark's out with the current chief entrepreneur in Queensland, calls yep. it wanting to play startup for Australia. Instead of wanting to play rugby for Australia, you want to play you want to play entrepreneurship or startup for Australia. We need that. We take them through the, the, the programs, we take them through the smart business courses, not the bloody MBAs and all the rest of it, but the, the lean startup and the ways you can generate really, really fast companies really fast, knowing that these people will do this four or five times before they hit success. Take them through. We need a, a vibrant capital sector. Um, um, we need a, a, a various levels, be it seed, be it VC, be it, be it listed. Well, you, so, you and, often, and, and there's all, all those parts of that pipeline. But you often hear the issues of we're not keeping our talent here. So what, we're not investing in our you, talent here. Would you stop? Would you stop Nicole Kidman from going to Hollywood, or would you stop Harry Cure from going to the EPL? No. We wouldn't. Why would you want to do that? They're going to come back. They're going to learn. So they, so be Are pissed, they going to come back though? Be pissed off that the A grade's not here. Don't be pissed off that people go to the A grade over no, there. No, no, I agree. So, I agree. Um, so why aren't we making sure that our A grades have that infrastructure to keep them here? They need money and they need support. They, they need a bunch of things, yeah. Like I said, there's, yep. there's, there's no... No silver bullet. Every every part of that pipeline yep. needs work done on it. And people always focus on, oh, the money. I'm like, no. Not it's just not the money. just the money. Unless no. you get the deal flow, the money. You know, honestly, if there was 10 Facebook starting in, in Australia every every year, there'd be there'd be a 1,000 VC firms here. We don't have 10 Facebook starting here. No. So it's actually deal flow issue. It's every part of that pipeline that needs working on. So the, the throwaway lines that you hear, and usually put up by, by special interest groups, which is fine. They, they advocate on behalf of their, their little area as well. The winners you need to pick are smart young people and then take your hands off them. Let the, to get the university sector out of their life because the best ones are kept inside universities with yeah. uh, research and a little bit of this and a little lecturing work and they, they never leave this absolutely false enterprise environment and then they're 36 with a, with a, with a, with a, wife, and a wife or a husband and kids and a mortgage and they're, and they're stuffed. See, we've, we've actually lost them. So get them really smart, get them really enthusiastic and then take your hands off them. Who really cares? We, we, want, to, we want to solve cancer. We want to do all the really big, cool things. We want to do these amazing, world-changing things. But a high-tech job is a high-tech job, right? If you can have, if, if you can have two thousand people working on Pokemon Go, who are paying paid one hundred fifty grand a year apiece, sitting in a building in your city, you're going to take it, right? Yes. Okay, you might look down on Pokemon Go. Who gives a shit, right? It's 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 not it's not landmines or sarin gas. It's actually still good things, right? It's games, whatever it might be. So it could be that. It could be Twitter. Um, you know, but but we know over and over again that there are so many examples of those solutions fueling other greater solutions, because we know that technology can intercede and have those medical yeah. marvels yep. simply because it provides that tech support to the, those great minds that do resolve medical miracles. Well, I, I always say, you know, um, one of my impassioned in, in pleas is, you know, when we say don't pick winners, and 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 how, despite the fact some useless software can do good things, so. Bill Gates is going to solve polio. Or was it malaria? I think it's both actually. He's into polio and malaria, right? So the world's richest man is actually going to solve, is actually going to cure a disease through his philanthropy that no government ever could. Yes. So um, I hold that as an example. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a right of field example. Because be he, he's not constrained by the red tape of government. And he also probably knows how to spend money better yes. too, right? Well, so, he knows where to invest it. So... Um, um, so people sort of say, "Well, good can it do?" So, well, you know, if you get the right people, you can do you can do great things. And there's there's more examples of, of philanthropy that works. Now, I'm saying the world can't be led by philanthropy. Don't get me wrong; I understand that. Um, but you, to your point, yes, um, technology technolo- technological solutions can be widely overpurposed into so many areas, and, and that, that's a good thing. Eagle Ways Radio. Radio, the voice of small business. Eagle Waves Radio, the voice of small business. 
This episode of The Brew is backed by the American Express Business Explorer credit card. New card members who apply before the 29th of August 2018 will receive an introductory offer of 60,000 membership rewards bonus points when they spend $3,000 within the first three months. Up to two membership rewards points per dollar spent and up to 55 days interest-free on purchases to help extend cash flow. Plus, you'll earn an additional 50,000 membership rewards bonus points annually when you spend $100,000 every 12 months from your card approval date. American Express approval criteria applies. Subject to terms and conditions, visit the American Express feature on the Brew landing page for more information. And now back to the Brew with our shark, Steve Baxter. I'm going to take back control over my podcast. Do it, mate. Okay. So you have been very busy today um, doing lots of things, Steve Baxter stuff, but one key thing is you were a judge and a you were the prize. You were part I was, of the prize. I was prize. Yeah, you're the I prize. Feel so cheap now. Terrible. Um, for the American Express Business Explorer Grant Competition. Yes. Okay. Now, this is a group of businesses who had the opportunity to apply for the grant, a fifty thousand dollars grant. They had to be in business somewhere between three and five years, and a turnover of under ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. And what they got besides you is the we, prize. We just got the winner in time, didn't we? What you looked at is they have they got a fifty thousand dollars injection, cash yep. injection. And you. So you tell me, if you're the prize plus fifty thousand dollars, what advantage is this business going to have over someone else? Well, I probably spent about two hours uh, with the business today. Chap that actually, you know, the founder of that business. Um, uh, you know, it's really weird. And people sort of, I, I get embarrassed. I get, a, you know, I've got imposter syndrome. People sort of say, "Oh, I got now with Steve Baxter." I'm like, "Why would you want that?" You I know, said that. So I, could, could I, I, I said that before the show. Well. I said, "Oh yeah, so they really? get to have a chat with Stephen then." Yeah, I know. And then what happens there? But then, so we 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 chatted. I think it actually annoyed the living daylights out of the camera crew because they had us on. They had a script there, and we just chatted about business stuff. That was hilarious. So we had a session where we spoke about business. Uh, I got him two introductions. Yeah. To be honest, so um, which are pretty easy introductions to make, and he's, he's a really a good business, really worthwhile, um, and easy easy bloke to help. Um, he's exceptionally exceptionally smart. So um, what did I? You know, we both traded our views of, of different situations and different stories over the years. Mentoring and, and, and just, you know, helping people out is a lot of times listening to them and going, well, okay, I don't know anything about that. I, I haven't, I've never had a business in that sector. But I've been in similar situations. When I was in that sort of similar, like, like this, this is what happened to me. I go, oh, okay. It's another way, once, once again, understand some of the past, listen to what they're saying, filter, filter those through together and, and you'll come up with um, one or two gems you can take out of every conversation. Why, did, why do you use the word imposter? Oh, yeah, imposter. God, I suffer every day. You know, it, it, it's literally, it's, it's embarrassing at times. What's, sort of, what's embarrassing? Oh, that people want to talk to you and think they're going to get something out of it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, to be honest. But, um, but I can hear your passion and your commitment to the sector. Um, and to making a change and to wanting oh, to be an early tech investor. Um, and it's not just about money. That's clear. Ten minutes after talking to you, I'm, I had preconceived notions about you too. I made certain assumptions. I cut the horns off. So I, I watched right. an episode of Shark Tank. I had a, a certain assumption. But 10 minutes after talking to you, my assumptions changed. Was that before or after I burnt your milk? I was going to no? say, no. it had nothing to do with the coffee. <laughs> um, look, it, I don't know. Why, I, honestly, I, I don't know why I do what I do. You know, Sometimes I think I should just go and start a business again and actually get, a, get an honest job because it's frustrating at times. It really is. 
And one of the worst things about actually being an investor and being like an exceptionally minority shareholder in some of these businesses is they're afraid to ignore you, and they often do. Um, I can't believe so, anyone ignores you. Well, they, they sit there and go, hmm, that's really oh, good, and they'll not, do the absolute opposite, right? Oh. So, well, not the opposite, but, but you know, they. But, but they're it, like it, kids, right? They have to find their own way. Advice is theirs to take, dead yeah. right. So, um, so uh, no, it just, you, I, I've never you helped about, him. I never thought about him. why I have imposter syndrome. I know I just do, and I'd rather, you know, I, I'm scared someone's going to come in and bust me, and I have to run off through the forest and hide or something. I, I, I enjoy helping people as much as I can. I, I tell, I listen to them. I, I try and, you know, if I've if I've been involved in that scenario before, I can be very helpful. Um, usually I haven't because it's not the same business, but something similar. And and you can sort of say, well, when this happened to us, this is what we did, and this is how we handle it, and this is some of the tools we've used. Um, and that's that's so, that's the greatest learning curve that any either established small business can get, which is great advice from someone who's already walked a mile in those shoes and sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees when it's when we're in the middle of our own business. Mm. For younger startups, they don't have any experience in what could be looming ahead. So they don't see the truck that's barreling down. And if you can sidestep that occasionally and avoid the wreck, that may get you somewhere a little bit faster. American Express talks about three things, innovation, service and hard work, and that those things are behind every great business, big or small. Let's look at the word innovation. You know, I have about innovation. You know, I have about innovation in Australia is the fact that you know, our, our, our university and research sector holds up innovation as the, the reason for being. Yes. No one, like, no one buys innovation. No one gives a shit about innovation. People, people, people buy problems being solved. Yes. You don't start with an innovation and go, wow, what problem can I apply this to? Right? So you find a problem. Someone goes, well, that's a big problem. Uh, let's try and fix it. Literally, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. You don't yes. invent something and find a necessity for it. You can do that. Sorry, you, you can do that. It can work. It's a very low probability way of getting a good outcome, right? The outcomes do occur, but it's a, it's a low probability way to go. So, w- so would you agree service is also important? Service is amazingly important. My first business is the internet service provider. Yeah. We had we serviced 35,000 customers with six tech support people. Or six, six, six tech support seats, I should yeah. say. So is, yeah. it still, is it still about customer service? Is that still fashionable? You'd hope so. When you ring up and talk to people, sometimes you wonder. We had a policy, the business there, when people rang up. And this is back in the days of trumpet, windsock and dial-up modems. And it was hard to use the internet back then, right? Um, and yet incredibly and reliable. I wouldn't have said that. Occasionally. Um, but I tell you what, I don't, um, don't know that Wi-Fi is any more reliable. Well, they didn't start with MBN. But, um, <laughs> so, and we sort of say, you know, if, if, if a customer, once you've established their credentials, they are a customer. If they want to be sung a lullaby, sing them a lullaby. You want to stop a customer from ringing you up if something's wrong, stop something being wrong. And they, won't, and they won't ring you up. It's actually really simple, right? You hunt down bugs and you hunt down engineering religiously until you stamp it out because then they won't call. So is hard work still relevant? Uh, hard work's always relevant. So um, it's probably, you know. It's not it, often fashionable. No, not nowadays. Well, no. I shouldn't say that. You know, you do find you just find some amazing people. The, 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 well, there's the, always a book that says, you know, just work five hours a day. Oh, yeah, don't you have those? I'm going to quote you again from oh, great. from from stuff on that I found online. That great reliable source. Um, you've said that you know one thing you wish you did or had better understanding of was basic bookkeeping. Oh yeah. And that accounting uh, and and was a, a serious thing and and lack of cash and lack of cash flow can kill a business and and that you wish you'd had a fundamental understanding of basic finances. Yes. So when you look at that and you look at the restrictions of, of small businesses, cash flow is a big thing. Being able to have access to credit is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And they are infrastructures that essentially stranglehold a business either from growing or investing or just getting by. Yep. And cash flow obviously is king. Mm-hmm. So there's traditional disruptors in this area, and I call them traditional disruptors because – we laugh when we hear about a tech startup sensation that says, I started my business on a credit card. 
And yet, it is the easiest way of getting money. Mm. The reality of actually running a business and having the processes, procedures, and the structure there of making money, yep. that's a whole different ballgame. One of the businesses I love in Australia the most, mostly because they bought my last business, is TPG Telecom. <laughs> <laughs> paid a pretty penny, which is awesome. Thank you, David T.O. He still walks around the offices turning off lights and monitors. Yeah. You get on these kicks. You know? So, and people sort of go, why would you do that? And so, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Come on now. Do you subscribe to the theory that streamlining processes for small businesses or startups is a oh. really huge cost? I will say one thing. I will say the E-Myth by Gerber. Because processes it, are uh, what, it's what actually keeps well, it ticking. It was weird because I, I actually, it, 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 the Australian Army actually it was very process driven. Yeah. Right. So, um, which made a lot of sense. There was a lot of young people and, you know, for various reasons, they, that was a, a good way to do it. And I started back when they started getting in, it was back when telecom uh, first got privatised before it became Telstra. Telstra and yeah. they went from, you know, 150,000 staff to 65 in a few years and they used total quality management and total process management and, and we actually went along that ride with them at the same time to try and bring quality practices into the army and it was what it was was just write your procedure down and make sure everyone knows what they're doing it was you know it's how do you do it you put a procedure down and you make people do it it was actually that simple well that's how franchises have done it for years exactly right and if you read the e-myth by Gerber you know, you know he's, he's, he bangs on about that relentlessly so when I read that it, it, when I, I did that and then I read it oh I read it I first read the e-myth actually in my second business. I know my first business. I went, oh wow, this is. Did it make more sense? It did make more sense. It gave me a few more tools to deploy as well. But you know, I'd say well, I was probably three quarters on his journey. To be honest, you know, he, he had a, a bit more of a different approach to it. Um, but that's it's a foundational book for any any business anyone getting starting out in business. All right. So let's say that you have the opportunity to speak to five small business owners who are include at least one early stage tech company. What would you say to them? When, when times are tough, okay, so they're all sitting there, they're glum, they're going through different stages in their business, they're hitting a wall, they're not sure if they should keep going, things are, are almost at that impossible stage and they're ready to give it up for 10 cents. Keep going, it's okay. Oh, yeah, of course it Because you've, look, look, you've look, said... In some respects I would. No, no, in some respects I would. Like, you, you, you can't just sort of say, hey, it's all good. You want to hear the individual stories, right? Because I, sometimes I, it's not good. I rail, against, I rail against people purposely walking into blackmail, into, black <laughs> into bankruptcy and blackmail. Um, so That's never fun. No, so I mean, but you can see that we see that in the Shark Tank, you know. And I get I get upset with some of the advice about the sharks because it's like, no, that's a crap business. This person's got to stop. Oh no, you're doing such a good job. You should keep going. Oh, oh for pity sakes, that's the worst thing you can tell. That people are so in love with their idea and their business, etc. And and that's good. You want that, right? But they need that figure of slap in the face to say, yep. wake up. And and I might be wrong. Right, but that they need someone. To, if, if if I think they're they're, they're careering towards you know financial ruin, and you know, what's going to come first is the family's going to go first, and then they're going to yeah. go into financial ruin. Well, right? that's that's the path. Yeah, and and I'm just like they've got to get that advice. I sort of say, no, you're doing good. You should keep going. Is it a reality oh. check? I hope so. Okay. Um. Uh. And people sort of say, you know, you sometimes you come across as a bit mean and nasty or cranky, whatever it might be. Hey, I know I can't lie. I've got to tell. So I just know, you know, people know when I'm lying, so I don't lie. So um, and so, I just sit there and I just have to tell you the truth. But at the same time, this is this, these are really important decisions. Yeah, you just you just can't fluff it. And they are, and that's where I think a lot of these small businesses, at any stage, whether they are startups or established, is that they've they've done a lot of the hard work. There's that question of innovation. Do they need to address that? And of course, then there's that service component. Well, so on, on the five you're talking about then, right? I would yep. sort of say, okay, so listen to their stories and I say, okay, so your business isn't working and you know, you're down for some reason, most yep. likely because you're not hitting your financial goals. It's probably the end result of whatever's happening. I'd say, okay, so what's your plan? Is it working? Get a new plan. So if your plan isn't working, you need a new plan. It's that simple. 
You've been listening to Eagle Waves Radio and another great episode of The Brew, brought to you by the American Express Business Explorer Card. Don't forget to like Eagle Waves Radio on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and jump on our website to listen to more great shows. Catch you later.